Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Very good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hi to all of you, and thank you all very much indeed for spending a little time with me. No, investing a little time with me, because I, your radio rabbi, solemnly dedicated to revealing how the world really works, make absolutely certain that there is a significant return on investment that your time here will not be wasted. Now, our phone number, and I, I give it out as uh, 561-623-9429, recommending that you make a note of it because uh, there is every possibility that something will crop up that you want to talk about and uh, something that I want to talk about, or there's every possibility that something crops up that uh, that that you want to comment about, ask on, anything all. And the only thing, if you do call in, the only thing that I request, the only thing that I ask is that you remember that it's not a private conversation. We got a few people listening, a few hundred thousand of our closest friends. And so it's got to be something that is absolutely fascinating to everybody. It isn't any good if it's only of interest to you, if it's it's something that's very narrow. And so, for instance, we get about uh, close to 100, yeah, sometimes more than 100 questions a week uh, on my website, www.youneedarabbi.com. And um, there's a feature there called uh, Ask the Rabbi. So, as I'm saying, we get about 100 questions a week. 
and we we answer um, only about oh, about a tenth of those. One of them gets answered uh, publicly on uh, on a weekly email, and uh, the others get answered privately. But for the most part, when we're picking questions to answer, the ones we're looking for are as much as possible. We're looking for um, uh, uh, questions that have a wide range that 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 people a lot of people are going to be interested a lot of people are going to want to know about so um that is also why i pick the topics that i pick so what did i pick now for today and again you should have received you should have received an email if you are a regular listener there's no reason why you would not want to receive a regular email every Thursday afternoon that tells you what's coming up. You would want to do that, right? And uh, I, I, it would seem to me that that you would and that you should. And that's if you're not if you're not getting that, then you definitely want to try and um, get on that. So go to the website www.youneedarabbi. Okay, and uh, you'll find right there, you'll find uh, easy way to subscribe onto the Thought Tools mailing list. And that way you will not have to worry. You will be able to uh, get a regular email. So what did I say today? The email that went out, and it went out fairly late. It only went out about an hour ago. And I know many of you are listening on, on Sunday morning. And so, uh, obviously, you would have received your, your email on Thursday evening, and, uh, and I know you understand the, 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 the time difference and the fact that we replay on Sunday what we record live on Thursday night. But uh, uh, what, we, um, what, what we sent out and what we said we're speaking about is, well, you know what? Well, turns out, turns out to be something quite interesting. I, the, the email said, tonight, listen live, call in, join the chat. The Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show, Black Helicopters or Department of Justice Cessnas. Now, um, I don't know if, if you're all up to speed on this, if you're all aware of this. I must admit that when I first became aware, I, I, I tended to dismiss these things. I must tell you, I'm sort of hypersensitive to some of the bogus rubbish that goes circulating around the internet, and particularly when it's of a political nature. A whole lot of that stuff is is just embarrassingly false, bogus, and in many cases, stupid. And uh, I must admit that when I read um, originally about a um, – uh well a fleet of airplanes small airplanes small propeller planes some of them most of them uh, about a hundred of these planes and they're doing what appear to be surveillance flights over a number of american cities so there they are going over Minneapolis, Dallas, Chicago, Seattle, Baltimore. Um, they're all little Cessnas. And um, 
and they circle part of a city again and again and again and again. So I actually followed up on this to – do you know that there's a an app that Apple – on the Apple store called Flight Radar, Flight Radar 24? I actually purchased this because it lets you home in on any official aircraft that is up in the skies <laughs> anywhere in the world at any time. So you you can see how appealing I would find this. Um, it's so wild. You know you can get uh, internet on many flights, right? You go, go, go in air, and you go on the internet, and then you turn on your iPad, and then you bring up Flight Radar 24, and then you bring up your airplane. This is the most amazing thing. Now, look, I know I sound like a tech geek. I know I sound like an adolescent getting enthusiastic about this. But I have to tell you, I mean, I don't conceal things from you. I'm telling you who I am. I go nuts being able to sit in my seat at 30,000 feet and track my flight on flight radar in real time. It's quite amazing. Anyways, um, flight radar turns out um, to be able to, to have the flight tracks um, of many of these surveillance flights, New York, uh, Baltimore, Seattle, Dallas, Minneapolis. So, okay, so, you know, big deal. What's, what's the problem? Well, so here's the, the one problem is that um, the airplane, you know, as you know, every airplane has what's called a, um, uh, an identification number on its tail, right? It's usually, it usually starts with an N, but it doesn't have to. Um, and uh, these numbers are all recorded and tracked and registered. So it's not that hard to see and to find out whom a plane is registered to. Now, obviously, many uh, super wealthy individuals who have private jets um, work out ways in which the registration of the airplane is in the name of an, a corporation, and there's several layers of anonymity, so you don't actually find it that easy to find out who it is. Others, others are quite open about it, but um, why would the Department of Justice be running surveillance flights? In some of uh, in in some of our cities, okay, fine. I can think of uh, of several reasons, but what are you able to do from the air that you're not doing from the ground? You you see what I'm saying? So that's one question. What what do you need to do from the air? Let's say you're a Department of Justice, which these planes are. And uh, you're doing surveillance, and let's say it's legitimate because almost by definition, right, whatever they do is, is legitimate. They, de they, they define legitimacy. It's the Department of Justice. And, um, and then I ask, why can't they just be registered to the Department of Justice? Why are they registered? Many of them are registered to fake corporations. And all the fake corporations have three-letter acronyms. OBR leasing, right, which does not seem to exist as a business uh, on any public search records. FVX, right, like, like in Foxtrot, Victor, X-Ray, research, KQM aviation, 
And these are all registered. All these fake corporations are at the same post office box at Bristow, Virginia, at which there are planes registered that are openly registered to the Department of Justice. So the DOJ has planes which are registered openly to them. But then it's also got a fleet of what appears to be close to 100 small planes flying circular patterns repeatedly over big cities. For what? What is going on? Well, um, what could they be doing? Well, the government isn't saying. So that leaves me to guess, and it leaves you to guess with me, right? What What is it already? Uh, what could they be doing? Well, here's one possibility. One possibility is that they are carrying these um, – pseudo cell phone towers i don't know if you've followed this this story at all but um it's very interesting so the the government has been using fake cell phone towers all right and um what what are this is something called by the way it's called stingray is the technology have you read about it at all stingray technology and um Stingray technology basically uh, can steal data from your phone. So uh, a lot of the stuff came out because of Edward Snowden. And by the way, uh, how do you feel about Edward Snowden? Hero or villain? Somewhere in between. Flawed hero. Noble villain. Um, what do you think of uh, of um, Snowden? Well, partially because of his activity, uh, we have come to learn about how effective the government is at monitoring citizens' cell phones without our knowledge. And um, what they've what what they've done, authorities around the country have been acquiring. This is sort of clandestine phone equipment. They're basically fake uh, cell phone towers. It's called Stingray, and each one can gather continuous data from not lots of phones, hundreds of phones. And uh, it it just carries on and carries on and carries on. The company, if, you, if you're interested, it's a Florida-based company that makes these things called the Harris Corporation. I, I don't know much about the company. Um but uh, their specialty, that company makes a lot of money selling government agencies uh, secretive um, phone surveillance equipment. And, uh, and you actually, if you try and get the company to share with you their products, they refuse on national security grounds. So, so I ask, what could the planes be doing up there? Well… One likely probability, and um, and I think it's a it's 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 a very very strong possibility, is that these airplanes are equipped with Stingray equipment, 
And uh, the reason they are propeller-driven planes, you know, it's the FBI and the government can afford Gulf Streams and Lears. They can afford jet equipment. Why are they using propeller stuff? Uh, jet equipment travels too high too quickly. They want to just travel around and around and around at a low altitude. They don't want to be high because they want to be able to pick up from your phone. And your phone's range, as you know, is not that far. So uh, if a plane is flying at 20,000 feet, no, probably not going to work. But if it's flying at five, six, seven thousand 7,000 feet, which is what these planes are doing, why, that makes all the sense in the world. That, that works, and, and that, that lets them pick up everything. So that seems to be one very big concern. Could be that that's what they're doing, that they're all flying Stingray. What else could they be doing? Well, um, one, I guess one possibility, one other possibility is that they are uh, carrying very high-definition uh, photographic equipment, but not just photographic equipment, not just photographic. There is something now called Argo. Okay, do you all know what Argo is? A-R-G-O. You got that? Well, um, Argo. All right, well, Argo is amazing equipment. Argo is not just cameras, but it's cameras and computers linked together in an immensely powerful machine, which not only can photograph in real time anything going on down on the ground, but it can lock onto any moving object. Uh, it can lock onto a person, can lock onto a car, and then just continuing, and then just continue tracking them. So again, um, on the one, the one part of me, and this is why I wanted to discuss it with you. One part of me is saying, you know, there's Muslim terrorists in the world, and uh, the um, they've certainly attempted things. In the United States, they've even successfully done some things in the United States. And uh, maybe maybe we just have to accept that in the dangerous new world in which we live, um, privacy is a thing of the past. And that uh, government, we ought to be thankful and grateful to government for uh, engaging in such diligent, incessant surveillance operations on American citizens. Now, uh, the truth is that the kind of equipment needed to have catched, caught, to have caught the Tsarnaev brothers who did the Boston Marathon bombing, uh, they wouldn't have needed Stingray. They wouldn't have needed Argo. Uh, these guys basically broadcast their intentions. The trouble is that right from the White House down, uh, they have gone to extreme and ridiculous lengths to pretend that uh, international terrorism is not a particularly Muslim problem. And for that reason, they keep on missing things they should be catching. And I'm not sure I see how it's going to be any better using Argo and Stingray from, ten, from a thousand little planes circling in the skies above our heads. That's what I, I just don't see that. But um, uh, whichever it is, I'm torn between these two directions. On the one hand, I say, well, we should be grateful 
Uh, we live in a dangerous world. Government has to be diligent. We expect them to protect us. And so they're engaging in totally legitimate surveillance of uh, potential Muslim terrorists. There's another part of me, friends. There's another part of me that says I'm not so sanguine about this. I'm uneasy about it. I'm uneasy because it would appear as if government has perhaps employed the terrorism reality to get the American public to accept the most bizarre and nefarious invasions into our privacy that never, ever would have been tolerated prior to 9-11. That's what I'm beginning to think. And so why do I think that? Well, look, uh, I don't believe that an American citizen loses his First Amendment rights when he enters the military service. And uh, and I think you all know that uh, a, uh, a member of the military was forced, actually court-martialed over his unhappiness at removing or being forced to remove a Bible verse from his desk. Right, so many people have personal memorabilia and they have personal things on their desks. Apparently, almost anything is permissible excepting a Bible verse. And so what happens if that attitude is so pervasive that government regards people who are fervent and committed Christians as somehow dangerous, as problematic? What happens if those people start getting followed? Now, we've seen awful government uh, failure with the IRS, have we not, where flagrantly the IRS was targeting conservative organizations. And the commissioner of the IRS has yet uh, to be punished. Nobody has been brought to justice on this. It's like all meant to fade away, not something to pay any attention to. But what happens if in exactly the same way that the IRS targeted conservative organizations, what happens if a liberal-dominated administration uh, decides to use additional law enforcement uh, assets in order to subject Christian groups to surveillance? What about – what is it? And so which way do we go on this? Which way do we go? Do we say thank you, government, for keeping a hundred little Cessnas in the air above our cities? For thank you for keeping us safe. But wait a sec, that's the same government that told the rioters in Baltimore to go ahead, let them destroy that go ahead, destroy property, it's fine. So they don't seem to be very preoccupied with protection. And not surprisingly, police in many cities around America today um, are not tackling their jobs with diligence. Ordinarily, law enforcement goes beyond the effort. They, they deliver 100% plus. But now, I'm not surprised they don't want to do that. They've been stabbed in the back by the civilian authorities. And so there doesn't appear to be a deep desire to protect us, in which case, what are they doing up there in the air? And so in this little intellectual tussle I have, well, on the one hand, I say we should be grateful. They're keeping us safe. All that necessary surveillance, uh, even if it is clandestine, even if they do register 
the planes secretly. Why they wouldn't want us to know that they're Department of Justice planes, I have no idea at all. But assuming that all of that is legitimate, we ought to be grateful. Or alternatively, I say to myself, this is out of hand. The government is spying on Americans. The government has a deep desire to know as much as it can about the doings, the legitimate private doings of every individual citizen. Why would they want to know that? Well, I'll, I'll tell you that. As soon as we come back, we'll take a quick break. But we'll discuss that, and uh, then we'll also talk about uh, what you think. One way to let me know your thoughts, is government surveillance something we ought to be grateful for, or is it something we ought to be very suspicious of? The phone number, 561-623-9429. Write it down, will you? Area code 561-623-9429. And... uh, I will talk with you, and I'll also take a look at the chat room on w4cy.com, w4cy.com. I'll also take a look at the chat, uh, at the chat room and see what, uh, what folks are thinking. Which way do you go? Gratitude to government for keeping tabs on bad guys or suspicion of government for over-aggressive invasion of privacy of ordinary law-abiding citizens? Which way is it? But meanwhile, your rabbi, that would be me, quick break, and then right back here on W4CY, don't go away. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare that strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it The heat is too intense for it What good would common sense for it do? Cause it's witchcraft Wicked witchcraft And although I know it's strictly taboo When you arouse the need in me My heart says yes indeed in me Proceed with what you're leading me to It's such an ancient pitch But one I wouldn't switch Cause there's no nicer witch than you Lead me to 
It's such an ancient pitch But one that I'd never switch Cause there's no nicer witch than you Well, okay, there Frank Sinatra winds down. And um, uh, another way to communicate with me while we're on the show is through an email address, which I'm going to give you. Uh, that would be radio rabbi at rabbi daniel lappin.com. Radio rabbi at rabbi daniel lappin.com. So um, that is um, an email address that I do check. During the uh, course of the show, which is which is uh, good because I can then know exactly what it is that you want me to know, and um, also I would also make sure that you know that my website is rabbidaniellappin.com, www.rabbidaniellappin.com, and uh, we've we're featuring some uh, resources that you will, uh, I think, find useful and helpful. So make sure you are a, a regular visitor at rabbidaniellappin.com. Uh, it's also a place where you can shoot me an email question in the Ask the Rabbi section or contact me in general, all possible at that website, at that, um, at that location, yeah, that website. Um, okay, so let me see what uh, folks are thinking. Um, I'll tell you about the chat room. Some of you are, are on it. Some of you are not on it. Um, uh, right. So I, most people are, are uneasy about it. Somebody says, uh, dog says, did you ever see Fiddler on the Roof? Remember the rabbi's prayer for the czar? Uh, may the, I think it was something along the lines, uh, may God bless the czar and keep him far from me. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I concur, says Dog, and so do I. Uh, Sherilyn says suspicion. Um, and yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The, the consensus of those of you on the chat room on W4CY.com. Com. The consensus there is uh, is is profound suspicion and unease, and I must I must say that that's a part of of my situation as well. I think I view that with equal concern. Um, how does all this work? Well, you've got to remember that uh, government isn't an amorphous jelly 
living in an aquarium in Washington, D.C. It's made up of people, and people um, have departments. They work in departments. They run departments. Uh, people are given authority, and they have to report to people above them. That's that's how government works. It's actually how anything effective really works. And uh, And so you can well imagine that somebody at a certain level – and I am not sufficiently familiar with the details to uh, define the level, but somebody sitting behind a desk at a certain level has the responsibility for maintaining some level of, of knowledge of the movements of bad guys. And, and this person who basically has a limitless budget, basically can buy whatever toys he wants, uh, this person essentially says to himself, well, you know what? Um, I could find – the seven bad apples in the bunch much more easily if I could take a good look at all the thousand good apples in the bunches in the barrel as well. And uh, most likely his uh, boss or the budgeting agency says, how much do you need? And he says, look, you know, with an extra $100 million and the ability to put some planes up in the air and to put cameras on street corners, uh, I will be able to give you a 90% accuracy in catching bad guys instead of 60%. It's got to be satisfying. It's got to be um, comforting on many human levels to be able to spend that money and furthermore to actually know what all your fellow citizens are doing at any given time. I, I dare say it's it's an unhealthy impulse. It's not something that I think is wonderful, but I do understand that it happens. And so I don't think it happens very often that a government agency says, okay, folks, you know what? We've gone a little bit too far. We're going to back off. You know, whether it's um, uh, the general accounting office and their parties or whatever it is, whatever it is they do, they're going to keep doing more and more in the same way that the IRS is never at any point going to say to America, folks, you know what? We know you're all groaning under the burden. We know you are stressed out trying to pay your bills and pay your taxes. Uh, we're we're going to back down a little bit. Uh, we're going to reduce the amount we're collecting. Congress no, no point Congress is going to say, you know what, folks, we're going to stop passing laws for a little while. We're going to uh, lower income taxes and we're going to stop passing laws because every single law has unintended consequences. Every single law that is meant to achieve something good also has a negative consequence in, in limiting freedom. Uh, everything, you know, the most recent thing the administration has just done is dramatically expand the uh, definition of waterways controlled by the EPA. So now the government – it's a massive land grab, by the way, and a massive power grab. But, but now at this point, if you have a, a little drainage ditch running at the bottom of your yard and it only gets water in it once a year when there's a particularly heavy rain, at that point, your field or your yard falls under the EPA. Now, you know, it's even if it doesn't have water in it now, falls under the EPA poor people in uh, southeast Texas, right? What a shame. Those folks, they're underwater and uh, and um, they don't even have the EPA yet. That'll be an additional problem. But uh, the, the, the consistent ongoing grabs, I think that's, that's really what's going on, I have to tell you. 
I really do think that that's one of the things that's happening. Our phone number, if uh, any of you have anything to add onto this topic, um, 561-623-9429. Got it? 561-623-9429. And uh, let's see on the uh, uh, who is watching the watchers, ask somebody. Um I remember the newscast to suggest that the president lifted the label of terrorists from Muslims with an eye towards fixing the label to returning veterans and Christian fundamentalists. The liberals in turn were quick to saddle Christians with the vile attribute of hate speech. Yeah, yeah, right. All that stuff is happening. Church doctrine will one day be considered hate speech. Well, sure. Um, I do believe – I haven't checked before the show, so I, I don't know if this is still the case. It was the case that in certain uh, Canadian provinces – in certain Canadian provinces, uh, for a pastor to get up onto his pulpit in church and to quote uh, verses in Leviticus that speak about uh, homosexuality is considered hate speech. That's exactly right. It is. How awful is that? Gosh. Um, I will. Uh, I will leave this uh, topic on the table because I, I am concerned. I Just note, I didn't say that these planes are carrying Stingray or Argo equipment. I don't know what they're carrying. I wish the government would say. I would also wish the government would say, hey, here's why we registered them secretively. That's the part that bothers me, I have to tell you. Because if the government said, you know what, we've got to keep a look at Muslim terrorists, we've got to know what people are doing, we got especially where people, where there are gatherings, we've got to look out for problems. I'm, I think I could understand it. But to stay silent and to register their airplanes clandestinely so nobody knows or nobody can find out that these are all Department of Justice airplanes, and it took an investigative reporter, not me, I wish it was me, it took an investigative reporter a lot of time and effort to track all this down and find out that, yes, indeed, they are using planes whose registration is being concealed. Okay, so there are a lot of unanswered questions there, and uh, it is a concern. There's no question about it. How many people think Obama's going to find a way to run for a third term? How many people think that? Does anybody think that uh, the president might decide to invoke some kind of emergency? I mean, he has violated the Constitution on a number of areas already, and nobody's willing to do anything. And although... Uh, nobody really knows for sure where he was born. Almost everybody admits that even if he was born in, in Kenya, there was absolute, there'd be absolutely nothing that could or would be done. And so he may as well just admit he was born in Kenya, throw us the middle finger and laugh at us because the truth is nobody would do anything. Like, do you really think in America the army would go to the White House and remove him? No. So he's not going to be removed. He's not going to walk out. So what <laughs> What does that mean? So, um, yeah, Ron listening in Cleveland says you'd see a lot of civil unrest if he did that. Look, um, Ron, uh, I think Cleveland has been blessedly free, but Baltimore hasn't and, many, and uh, St. Louis, Missouri hasn't. I'd say there's been a lot of civil unrest already. It doesn't seem to be bother anybody in the higher echelons of the administration doesn't seem to bother them at all in fact 
if you think about it, isn't that what a community organizer is supposed to do? Hustle up the people, get them upset about something, whatever it is you want to provoke some action on, and uh, assure them that things will be better for them if they just come out and demonstrate or riot or do anything else you want them to do. That's what community organizers do. And I got to say, I, I got to say, I, I don't know that this gentleman has ever outgrown his community activist background. I think that's he really sees himself as a community activist. I really think so. Um, Sherilyn makes an excellent point, which is that uh, he may be very eager to get out of office because he's going to make tons of money once he's out of office. Um, yeah, very, very, very possible that that's right. It's a good point, and, and I think it probably has validity. Unrest is the goal, said somebody. Um Classy says she's suspected for – and forgive me if I say he or she. I know these aren't always right. I've suspected for five years he'll find a way to not leave the White House. Um, uh, look at the Clintons. Um, okay. Huh, very, very int- – all right. There's, there's interesting stuff on this chat room, by the way. Unfortunately, more than um, – while attending a marriage seminar dealing with communication, Tom and his wife Grace, Grace listened to the instructor. Essentially, the husband and wives know the things that are important to each other. He addressed the man. Can you describe your wife's favorite flower? Tom leaned over, touched his wife's arm gently and answered, it's Pillsbury, isn't it? Um, the rest of the story gets rather ugly, so we'll stop right there. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Lots of interesting stuff going on in the chat room. Anyway, so that that is something I, I don't know where this is going. I don't know if the government is going to acknowledge the use of these airplanes. I have absolutely no idea. Um, but more and more people are going to be um, – uh, I mean more and more people are going to be conscious, shall we say, of – what appear to be um, sweeping invasions of privacy continuing in America, sweeping growth of government reach into the lives of citizens, crazy stuff. While all of that is going on, here's something else that is quite fascinating. And, uh, and that is, here's a massive problem worldwide in Islam. I did not know about that until fairly recently, about a year or two ago is when I first started looking into this. And I'm wondering if, if any of you are familiar or aware of the problem. But um, do you know what co-sanguinity is, right? Co-sanguinity, uh, when uh, people who are related to one another have children, right? So everybody understands that there is a um, – there's a genetic – problem there's potential for genetic problems right because in a in a nutshell um, bad genetic outcomes uh, tend to be more probable than good ones for instance and this is a tendency we see quite often right is it easier to build a tall building or is it easier to knock it down well we saw on 9-11, that a building can be brought down in, in minutes, right? How long does it take to build a building? Well, they're just opening 
the one building that is now meant to be a replacement for the two towers of the World Trade Center. And uh, it's, it's taken 14 years to build that building, 14 years. So you see it is much easier to destroy than it is to build. Is it easier to lose weight or gain weight? I think you can see it's easier to lose weight. Excuse me, it's much easier to gain weight, much harder to lose weight, very hard. So in general, the more valuable and desirable constructive things in life are more difficult. Uh, what do you find more of, cowardice or courage? When people move away from the average, do more people move towards cowardice or more people move towards courage? The answer is clear. Everybody knows cowardice is much more prevalent, much more. So um, uh, <laughs> uh, that that is very very interesting. Uh, I'm just <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, I just I really did just um, I saw a, a really really interesting um, chat on the chat room, which I will tell you about. I'll tell you about very, very soon. Uh, okay, so um, I just uh, see what's going on here. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you something quite interesting. I'll tell you what's interesting is that in the Muslim community, oddly enough, worldwide – uh, there is an enormous amount of marrying within families, and what I was what I was saying before is that, in the same way that almost everything tends towards the destructive, uh, in physics we call it entropy. There's a tendency to. Uh... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For things to go down rather than up. And this, this applies in many areas. I mean, I know weight loss doesn't have anything directly to do with physics, but Losing weight is desirable. Gaining weight is undesirable. It's easier to gain weight than it is to lose weight. In the same way, when genetic issues uh, combine, let's say, for example, that um, uh, a brother and a sister have a baby, and they're both very, very good-looking ch uh, people, a good-looking boy and a girl. However, it so happens that buried in the genetic makeup is um, an ugly gene as well. 
right? They've they've all got they've all got they both have an ugly relative somewhere. It's not a great example, but you get the idea. The likelihood of them having a pretty baby is very low. The likelihood of them having an ugly baby because those ugly genes are stronger than the pretty genes. Again, it's it's just it's one of these examples of how the negative is stronger than the positive. Um, it's it's almost as if there's a sort of a satanic force ruling in the world, making everything good and beautiful and desirable uh, more difficult to attain, whereas everything that is the opposite somehow almost happens by itself. It's like, you know, rooms become messy by themselves, right? Nobody makes a room messy, do you? But to tidy up a room now, that's a lot of work. And so uh, when close relatives marry, it's nearly always a problem. And the reason the reason I was uh, I was laughing before is that uh, I was actually mispronouncing a word. <laughs> um, I I I was saying I was saying consanguinity, and I wasn't pronouncing the N. And uh, Deanne, who that who that may or may not be your right name, but Deanne, thank you for being so alert and. Advertisers, please pay attention to the demographic that listens to this show. Uh, this is well above average. So Deanne says, uh, don't forget the end. Yes, uh, thank you very much indeed. I was actually mispronouncing it. It's consanguinity. You've got to actually – it's consanguinity. Uh, so anyways, um, uh, Doc says, I wish money was like body fat in that respect. Siblings should never marry. Um, don't believe me, watch Jerry Springer. Uh, poor Muslims, even more disabilities with inbreeding. Um, oh, Yaakov says something. He says the practice of a dowry distribution encouraged by Islam is so punishing that many men marry cousins to keep the money in the family. I've seen that happen. Oh, that's very interesting. Didn't know about that. But, um, he, you know, what's so crazy about this, um, it's it's so crazy, is that this is, is like everywhere. This is not just in the United States. Um, they've just done a – well, I shouldn't say just. This is uh, – it's a little while ago. They did a survey. Uh, the British government did a survey because they have a huge Pakistani community in England, huge Pakistani, many, many, many uh, – I don't know the number. It's very, very large. Uh, Pakistanis – and they're Muslims, right? Came to uh, to the United Kingdom. So it turns out that – what set off the survey is, you know, every country keeps a, uh, a record of genetically diseased children, right? When children are born with genetic faults, um, we ter we expect our public health authorities to keep a check on that because it can always be the sign of, of something going wrong that we need to be caught. And so somebody noticed that of all the genetically diseased children in England, 30% of them. 30% of them were Pakistanis. Now, um, when we speak about population, um, less than 5% of all the births in the United Kingdom are Pakistani. So don't for a moment think they're the majority of the population. They're not. They're very, very – they're many of them, but they're nowhere near the majority of the population. Less than 5% of all births are Pakistanis. But 30% of all children born with recessive disorders were Pakistani. This is wild. And so um, 
one of the um, members of parliament said, it's time to stop being politically correct. We've got to make it illegal for for anybody to marry first cousins. So, okay, um, in England and in America, it is perfectly legal to marry your first cousin. Anybody, anybody know about uh, biblical law? Does the Bible allow you to marry your first cousin or not? I wonder if anybody knows the answer to this. I'm going to, I'm going to watch the uh, uh, Ron from Cleveland says the Habsburg dynasty of old Germany intermarriage destroyed them. Uh, I'm going to watch the chat room to see if anybody has the answer. Does the Bible allow or prohibit co- uh, cousins marrying cousins? Are you able to marry your first cousin? Is that allowed? Now, um, obviously, uh, Jacob married his first cousins, Leah and Rachel. That doesn't mean the Bible allows it, because I'm talking now about the five books of Moses. Specific, there are specific rules and regulations. Book of Leviticus has many, many, many verses, more than 50 verses devoted to uh, uh, who you can marry. And so without saying, well, you know, this person did or that person didn't, what I want to know is, does the Bible allow or prohibit the marriage between first cousins? It is allowed in America. It is allowed in England. And um, and again, I no, don't go with uh, anecdotal evidence. All right? Don't tell me who in the Bible – uh, like Abram and Sarah were related or, or Jacob and his two wives were cousins. No, I want to know specifically as law, what was decreed after the uh, Bible, the, after the Ten Commandments were given? What was decreed at that point? That's what, that's what I'm asking. Um, I should tell you, I actually have um, several cousins that married cousins in my family, not in the United States. But um, I'm just trying to think. I think it's two sets I have. And, uh, yeah, I, well, th- there it is. Um, answer? The answer? Well, one person in the chat room says, that's a good question, Rabbi. I honestly don't know. Uh, another one says, the Bible prohibit it, prohibits it. Um, well, yes and no. Here's the answer. You may marry your cousin. You might. You, you are allowed to. Are you allowed to marry your aunt or your niece? What's the answer to that? Are you allowed to marry your aunt or your niece, according to the Bible? Anybody know? May you marry your aunt or your niece? What do you think? Can you marry your aunt or your niece, according to the five books of Moses? What do you think? Damn, damn, damn. We should have Japanese music here. I'll tell you in a moment. I'll tell you in a moment. What do you think? Okay. Um, all right. Now, if you, if you're going to marry an aunt or an uncle, you are sharing 25% 
of genetic material. If you marry a first cousin, you're sharing 12.5% of the, of the um, um, uh, of genetic material. Okay? Um, in America, in America, uh, are you allowed to marry your aunt or your niece? Let me just see quickly if anyone has answered that. Um, but, uh, LaRue says you cannot. Mary Bryan says you cannot. Well, here's the surprising answer. In the Bible, you may marry your niece but not your aunt. What do you think of that? Especially since the genetic relationship is identical. So why can you only marry your niece and not your aunt? What's the reason for that? I'm going to uh, let you think about that for just a little while. And uh, I, I want to make sure I don't forget to give you the answer because it's a fascinating answer. The question is, why does the Bible permit a man to marry his niece but prohibits him from marrying his aunt? A woman may marry her uncle but not her nephew. What is the reason for – in America, you can't, by the way. Um, and uh, – all right. Reason for – well, I'm going to come back and tell you the reason for that. But, um, yeah, marrying cousins is permissible in the Bible and also permissible in most uh, Western countries. Not recommended, not, not overly recommended. And I will say that even in my own family, uh, where they're, um, where, I mean, so terrific people, you know, and where I, re I even remember when one of them got married. Now, they already, they, I think they have grandchildren. I was a kid when they got married. But um, I remember everyone saying, oh, you know, how fantastic these first cousins. And um, they are both um, – both he and she were so smart and, and so good-looking and everything terrific. I want to tell you that um, their kids – thank God, I don't think any of their kids were sort of badly damaged at all in any way. But uh, eyesight is a, is a problem in, uh, in some of them. And um, none of them are as good-looking as their parents. And so marrying cousins, I mean, not, not a great idea. Why did it happen in my family? I'll tell you why. Because it, it happened in a very um, – I don't want to use the word religious, but it in – man, this is difficult to describe because I'm religious. Um, but it, it happened in a part of my family that uh, was very meticulous about um, boys and girls of, of elementary school and high school level not having social contact and marriage happening when, uh, in other words, you, you actually start meeting people of the other gender when it's time for you to get married and not before. And so what happens is that the only girl, if you're a guy, the only girls that you've kind of socialized with ever since you were a little kid are your female cousins. And so it's perfectly natural and perfectly normal that uh, that that some kind of 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 a warm relationship builds up, and then when it's time for you to to start uh, meeting potential spouses, 
you you know you say well you know we we know each other already we're ready to go well i think that that's what probably happens in islam as well because you know you know what happens you know what muslim fathers do if they find their daughters have boyfriends and there've been numerous honor killings that have taken place in the pakistani community in england right it's not it's it's not good it's not good so what um what's happening let me give you some more of the the english information um so uh, the BBC did the study and the government was involved and uh, they found that 55% of Pakistanis were married to a first cousin. What do you say to that? 55% of Pakistanis are married to a first cousin in England. And as a result, although they they uh, they are responsible for only 4% of all births, they do turn in 30% of the genetic uh, problems. Wow. Wow. Um, the likelihood of couples having the same variant genes that cause recessive disorders is one in eight in first cousins. In other words, you marry your first cousin, you got a better than 12% chance of something really bad happening to your kid. Ordinarily, in, in non-related couples, it's less, to, it's less than 1%. So it zooms from 1% to 12% plus. And so the British government is saying that the Pakistani propensity for marrying close. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Relatives is just one of Britain's many public health issues like smoking or drinking obesity. Look, that's how they're trying to tackle this, to turn it into a public health issue. Um, it's um, the BBC, by the way, even did a film on this called Marrying My Cousin. The film, which underlined the inherent genetic risks in such unions, um, says that uh, they, 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 they quote Pakistani women who say, well, uh, with newlyweds who are cousins have an understanding. You've got the same family history. I think largely what I'm saying, that by the time you get to be a marriageable age, the only one of the other gender that you've ever had any interactions with is your cousin. So what do you expect? Uh, in Bradford, Bradford is a, a town in the British Midlands near Manchester, near Leeds. Uh, it's now three – it's, it's majority Pakistani um, and three-quarters of all Pakistani marriages, 75% of them are between first cousins. Uh, the city's main hospital identified more than 140 different recessive genetic disorders among local children uh, compared with the usual 20 to 30 around the rest of the country. Um, oh, here is a piece of information. I am sorry. I, I misled you. I, I said that marrying cousins is permitted in America. It's only permitted in 26 states in the, and D.C. And so um, quite a lot of states do not allow first cousins to marry. Huh. I am surprised. I did not know that.
Very interesting. Well, that is all from a study in uh, Great Britain. How about the rest of the world? All right, let's see. Let me just, if you don't mind, I'm just going to look at the um, at the. Uh, this one. Um, somebody, Ron, tried to answer my question of why does the Bible say a man can marry his niece but not his aunt? The niece is more likely to produce children. Good, good thinking. Wrong answer. Um, won't these same-sex marriages allow father marry his son or mother or daughter doing the freezing getting on the end of the house? Huh, funny. Um, that's very interesting. Um, same-sex marriages. Will will the authority? I'm just. This is me asking now. Will the authorities prohibit first cousins who are both men from marrying under the new homosexual marriage laws? Hard to explain why that would be necessary. Um, in Obama's America, there's now no prejudice of a father marrying a son or a mother marrying her daughter. I'm not sure that's so. I'd be very interested in that. Um, I'm not. I, I've got a feeling they won't let that happen. I've got a feeling that they know they'd be asking for trouble. Uh, they won't let uh, consanguine uh, homosexuals get married. I don't think so. Um as a child, when I was in a church in the South, says Shane, we were told you could not marry your first, second, or third cousins. Interesting. No, no, no biblical objection to marrying cousins. Uh, you may not marry your aunt. You may marry your niece. Um, Dex humorously says that explains the bad teeth in the United Kingdom. Uh, I'll tell you what does explain the bad teeth in the United Kingdom. It's very simple. Uh, dentistry in the United Kingdom came under the national health very early. And you want to know what caused – and I've seen this. I mean I lived in England. The reason for bad teeth in England, the government takeover of the medical system. I'm telling you, it really is. Um, Shane says his cousin got the ugly gene. Okay. Uh, the answer is because – because Muslim religious beliefs prohibit marrying non-Muslims is prevented from adding fresh genetic material to their population. The genetic damage to their gene pool since profit allowed first cousin is massive. Well, apparently that is the case. And uh, we're going to take a quick break now. And um, when we come back, when we come back from this break, uh, I will tell you a little bit more about uh, inbreeding in other countries like Turkey as well and, and Pakistan, not Pakistanis in England, but Pakistanis in Pakistan. Um, the inbreeding is a real problem. It's a very serious issue, and it's one that I've only, as I say, I've only become aware of in the last year or two. It's something I thought that you might be interested in. And then we also have to go to our second topic that I advertised in the emails today, which is um, uh, what's happening to boys. And I'll have something to tell you about that that you, I think you probably aren't aware of. Uh, please, well, if you've got time during the break, visit my website. You need a rabbi.com, www.youneedarabbi.com. I will be back in just a moment, and producer Rebel will undoubtedly entertain us with a song. Most likely not one she sings herself, although I, I hear she uh, is uh, pretty good with a guitar and a song, but um, most likely she'll play something because she's so busy there. So I'll be back in just a second. Don't go anywhere. It's summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, 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 summertime. Well, shut them books and throw away.
summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, 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 summertime. It's summertime. That's it. Come on, producer Rebel. You know we don't want the short songs. I gotta, I gotta have a something of a drink here. Oh my goodness! Well, just for that, here goes. Hold on. Mm. Yeah, that's more like it. Um, okay, so inbreeding with Muslims. Here it is. Massive inbreeding um, has been going on since the Prophet allowed first cousin marriage. Um, a long time ago. But wait a sec. As I said, the Bible allows first cousin marriage, and yet it's very rare in Israel. It's very rare in Jewish communities in England and the United States. So uh, why, why that in itself, the fact that, that, the, that the Prophet Muhammad allows cousin marriages, so does the Bible. And yet there's not a lot of Jewish or Christian cousin marriages. It's very rare. So that's not enough of a reason. Uh, here is another reason. Um, apparently, in many Muslim communities, it confers social status if you marry off your daughter or son to his or her cousin. And finally, the, uh, uh, the, the, the point that somebody cleverly raised in the chat room a few minutes ago uh, was that intermarriage among cousins helps to keep the wealth in the family. Um, and, oh, good, I see uh, Peter of Charlotte is, is with us this evening. Uh, Peter, and that's Peter and Marsha, good friends in Charlotte. Lovely to, uh, to know you there, Peter. Thank you. And, uh, um, and then an additional point that is made by um, somebody who's something of an expert on, on the subject, apparently knows a lot about it. He said that the authoritarian uh, lifestyle and authoritarian communities allows families to keep closer control of their sons and daughters when they are married to cousins. Interesting. Um, so... Here's an additional thought. I'm, I'm, I'm coming across this as I'm talking to you. It's very interesting. Um, we tend to think of ourselves as Americans first, don't we? And, you know, and then uh, I'm Jewish or I'm Christian or you're Jewish or you're Christian. Uh, but we, national identity is strong. So, you know, it's, it's very unusual for – it would be very unusual for me to say, well, I have to go and join the army of the Jews to fight for Judaism. <clears throat> Now, if you're living in Israel, you're an Israeli citizen, that's different. That's different, you see, because then your nationality is Israeli. But my nationality is American. My religion is Jewish. Yours might be Christian. So you don't, you don't think of yourself as fighting for Christianity. You fight for, for America. But in Islam, the religious identity trumps the national identity. And that's a really important thing to understand. That's something I learned from Bernard Lewis. Uh, Bernard Lewis is a very elderly gentleman who is the probably the the greatest expert, greatest living expert in America on uh, on Islam. Yeah, I mean, including Muslims. He, I think, he knows more. 
and uh, lives in Philadelphia. Um, the and, and so what what happens is that if if the religion is more important than anything else, then marrying within your family sort of keeps everything kosher, if you know what I mean. Um, so I told you the frightening figures that fifty percent of Pakistanis in uh, in England are are in are intim- are married marrying married cousins. In Pakistan itself, seventy percent of all Pakistanis. Listen to that number, please. This is scary stuff. Seventy percent of all Pakistanis are either married to cousins or are children of married cousins. Now, the Pakistanis were talking serious stuff, you know. They've got the atom bomb. Uh, you might remember they engineered the horrible attack on uh, Bombay, India, Bombay. Uh, they were the ones who were giving shelter to Osama bin Laden. And nobody really believes that the Pakistani government was unaware that bin Laden was there, right? You don't really think that. Um, how about Turkey? You know, we all think of Turkey as this modern, westernized country, but uh, about 30% of Turks, 30% of Turks are either married to cousins or the children of cousins being married. It's really something. Wow. Um, Phew, this is amazing. Um, Norway has a massive Pakistani population. So they've done tests there as well. And they see this incredibly high difference between genetic disorders in their Muslim community and in their native Norwegian community. Uh, Mental health also at risk there. Depression and other mental disorders, much higher in communities where consanguine marriages, marriages between cousins are high. Wow. Wow. And then finally, and this one is is maybe the most alarming of all, intelligence. Do you hear this? If your parents are cousins, there is a an intelligence drop of between 10 and 20 points, 10 and 20 IQ points. Listen, this is this gets even worse. The risk of having an IQ lower than 70, you understand 70 is the borderline of retarded politically incorrect term, but I'm using it clinically. The risk of having an IQ less than 70 increases 400% among children from cousin marriages. Yikes. All right. Well, I just wanted you, uh, I wanted you to be aware of that because it's yet one more uh, serious challenge, one more serious, serious problem um, in, in a world that is at war with Islam, um, I think it makes sense for us to know as much as we possibly can um, about what we're up against there. Pretty awful. Really pretty bad. Uh, That intermarriage stuff, not going to be good. Not going to be good. Um, Okay, then I said that I wanted to uh, share something else with you. I wanted to talk with you about boys. So we spoke about uh, black helicopters or actually Department of Justice uh, Cessnas is what it really is. We've spoken about that. It's um, it's it's gloomy. It's gloomy. That stuff worries me. 
Uh, I do not understand why it has to be secretive. I don't understand why they can't say, yes, we're flying planes to keep an eye on the bad guys. But don't forget, this is an administration that is not even willing to do anything, let alone fly airplanes, to apprehend illegal immigrants. Why not? Because they know that they can engineer things so that illegal immigrants will vote Democrat. Am I being paranoid? Do you think I'm being – is this is this some form of uh, paranoia or uh, conspiracy theorist? No, because in 1965, Ted Kennedy did the 1965 Immigration Reform Act. That was Ted Kennedy's biggest piece of legislation. He literally put himself on the line on that one. That was his big, big thing. That was what Ted Kennedy wanted to go down in history for. And uh, part of what they told you at the time, and I've read up a lot of that stuff, the deliberate intention of the 1965 Immigration Reform Act was to change the complexion of America from white European Christian to others. That's right. The intention was to change it from white European Christian immigration and by means of uh, diminishing and cutting off immigration from white Christian Europeans to people who are non-white, non-Christian, and uh, non-European from all other parts of the world, they successfully changed America. They changed it. And um, somebody sent me a photograph today of the line outside the welfare office in Manhattan. I just got it. Somebody sent it to me on my phone. And uh, the person said, you might find this useful for your radio show this evening. He didn't even have to give any kind of um, commentary. It was a clear photograph of a long line waiting outside the welfare office to pick up their checks. I don't know, I don't know why today's check pickup day, but whatever it is, that's where they were. And there wasn't a single white person in the line. Is that a racist, a racist obli- uh, observation? because I'm noticing a person's color. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Not a single white person in the line. Not one. Okay. Immigration from 1965 was mostly non-white. I'm calling Hispanic non-white as well because the government also gives them a separate classification. Now, I'd be perfectly happy not to notice people's color if the government wouldn't. I'd be perfectly happy if the government said from now on the country's colorblind. And the only place I really find colorblindness, I should tell you, is in evangelical churches. I've spoken in churches with black pastors, white memberships, white member, white pastors, black members, total colorblindness in uh, evangelical churches. But... uh, but uh, the government, I mean, take a look at the uh, census form. Census form is uh, heavily, heavily color-focused. Heavily color-focused. They consider your color more important than your marital status. Really? My goodness, that is scary. That's scary. Um, would, you, would you rather, if you had to choose... A child, your child was going to do one of these things or the other. Which would you rather? 
your child is going to cheat on an exam or smoke a few cigarettes. Child's going to cheat on an exam or smoke cigarettes. What's it going to be? If you had to choose, what would you rather your child did? Let me leave that question with you while we go to a quick break. And um, if you will, on, on the chat room or by email to Radio Rabbi at RabbiDanielLappin.com, uh, please visit my website at youneedarabbi.com and uh, and on the chat room or any other way you like to communicate to me. Would you, if you had to choose, neither is great, but you had to choose your child either smokes or let's put it this way, you 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 discover your child is a cigarette smoker or you discover your child is a serial cheater on exams. Which would you rather find out about your child, that your child smokes cigarettes or your child cheats on exams. Please give put your answers on the chat room on w4cy.com and uh, producer Rebel, um, cue up the music because your radio host reminding you that the more that things change, the more we need to depend on those things that never change and um, what those are. Well, I'll tell you when we come back. I'll tell you about cheating and cigarette smoking right here on W4CY.com. Don't go away. Tonight I'm going to have myself a real good time. I feel alive. Shooting star leaping through the sky like a tiger. If I 
us to the end of Queen's song. That was that was nice, actually, wasn't it? Don't stop me now. Um, okay. I asked a question. I said, if you have to discover that your child has been doing one or two things, which is worse? Which would leave you feeling more bothered? You're going to discover that your child has been cheating regularly on examinations at school, or you're going to find out that your child has been smoking. Uh, I will tell you that to me, the answer in a heartbeat is I would much rather find that my child has been smoking. Let me tell you why. But first of all, um, let me tell you what people wrote here. Uh, first person said I'd, he'd rather they find out they smoked cigarettes. Yeah, me too. Second person said smoking. Me too. Third person um, didn't answer that one. Uh, fourth, third person said, uh, smoke cigarettes. Then, um, James says for the child, I would rather they cheat. Uh, the next person said smoke cigarettes. Um, Ron from Cleveland says the child's honor integrity is far more important than a temporary stupid act. I agree. Uh, Brian, smoking should cure him quickly. It carries its own punishment, which may convince him to stop. Um, depends if it's smoking for a lifetime or a moment. Your kid's been smoking for a, for a few months. That's what you have to discover. Um, Agatha says cheating is a serious lack of morality. I agree. Um, James said, well, he found it very hard to quit. It was the hardest thing he ever did. Um, mm -mm -mm. Uh, liars and cheaters are the worst. Smoking affects your body. Cheating affects your soul. I agree. That's that's really the main the main issue. Um, smoking. Um, Dave says it depends. No honor or smoking for a lifetime. Uh, smoking kills. Cheating on a test at least leaves you the chance to learn why you were wrong. Um, hmm. Don't agree. Don't agree with that. Uh, smoking may kill. It's certainly not healthy, but. You and I all know people who've lived long. You know, the odds are against it. And I'm not talking about a child smoking all his life. I'm talking about discovering your kid has been smoking up till now. Okay, so you've got a chance to stop the kid smoking now. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying the kid being a smoker for the rest of his life. Um, is affirmative action cheating? Good question, Ron. Uh, Yaakov says, pharmacologically speaking, nicotine is not only a deadly toxin, it belongs among the most addictive substances known, still smoking rather than cheating. Um, uh, uh, now, Dog says, now, hard for me to see exactly where this fits in, but it's an interesting lie. He says, Swedish blondes are also toxic and also extremely addictive. I wouldn't know. I um, have not been in Sweden, but a friend of mine who was there said he didn't blink his eyes for a week. 
Uh, honesty is more important than a bad temporary habit. Okay, it looks like the overwhelming majority of people uh, I agree with. Uh, one person took a different approach, which is fine. But um, yes, uh, I think it, it, it's a very, very serious issue when we put health of the body ahead of health of the soul. Because, well, I mean, I, I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, cheating is, it's, it's, a, it's a character flaw. It's, it's something deeply problematic in your kid. Whereas the person snuck a cigarette, well, um, or a few cigarettes, or has been sn- sneaking a cigarette for the last three months, who cares? I mean, gosh, if you know, if you stop smoking, you stop smoking. Done, all fine. And even if not, I'll tell you the truth. My father, and this is an extreme position, but my father used to put it: I'd rather have a soul without a body than a body without a soul. And there's something to that. So uh, I thought that was that was that was very interesting, and I was I was truly curious to see how it would go down in terms of what the majority of people who responded actually thought. Now, uh, over to uh, the question I said I would answer a little bit early, and then after that we'll go discuss uh, the war on boys. The the question I asked a little bit earlier is I said that the Bible uh, allows a man to marry his niece but it doesn't allow him to marry his aunt. Okay, so um, now, uh, you, you, you know, you figure it out. Um, you share 25% of the genetic material with your niece and your aunt. The genetic relationship's identical. So you would have thought that the Bible should either permit both or prohibit both. But it permits both. Excuse me, pardon me. It permits one, only one. Which one? Marrying your niece, not your aunt. Reason? The reason is because the Bible is in favor of strong, viable, healthy marriages. And the problem is that Mother Nature favors the woman, which is to say that um, if the child gets a bruise or a cut, who does the child run to? I mean, this is such a truism, I, I don't even have to really ask it. Every every single person knows, you know, that a child learns to call its mother first before it calls its father. Everybody knows that many people, many men have tattoos that say mom on their biceps, uh, very few men that I've never even heard of one have a tattoo that says dad. And uh, this is why it is that there are, are many, 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 and the uh, the figures are well over 50% now in some communities. Uh, homes, children are being raised by uh, mother-only homes. What about the father-only homes? Very rare. You find it, you get it, but it's not often. doesn't happen often. So uh, nature favors the mom. It just does. In the relationship, nature favors the mom. And so the, uh, the God through his Bible wants to do everything possible to even things out, to give the man a fair shot at having a role in the family. This is one of the reasons that the collapse of marriage in America is not a black problem. It's not a color problem. It's a government dependency problem. 
The proof is that we see the same thing in parts of Appalachia, and we see exactly the same thing in the poorer in the in the in the parts of England that the government has turned into government dependence. That's the worst thing of all, because the uh, the, the 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 position of a man in a marriage is dramatically undermined if the government is standing by ready to give his wife money, provided he isn't there. Tremendously undermined. And by the way, in general, it's undermined as well, I have to tell you. I will tell you a, uh, a story of something that happened to me. It's in one form or another. It's actually happened three times. But uh, the, 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 the specific example I'll tell you, the other two are very similar. Specific example I'll tell you is a, a couple that were having marital problems um, consulted me, and it was a couple I was close to. I wanted to do everything possible to try and help the situation, and so um, I met with the husband and wife uh, twice a week, sometimes three times a week. I met with them regularly, and my purpose was to work things through and to restore the health of the marriage. And um, my efforts were blessed. And after the course of, um, gosh, it was a couple of months. It was probably about two and a half months. After about 10 weeks or so, I turned the corner. And this couple was now really in, in in very good shape. They were able to look back. They were past the crisis. They were really ready to move forward. And the woman's father asked if I'd meet him for lunch one day. And I thought he just wanted to know how things were going, which he did. And I I told him, I said, well, I'm very relieved. I'm happy to tell you that uh, I think we've made very good progress. And he said, oh, he was very happy. That's wonderful. And, um, and then he said, I'm, I'm, I, I really wanted to speak to you before. I'm supposed to be getting together with my daughter this afternoon, and uh, I'm so happy to go and meet her now, knowing that uh, the likelihood is the marriage is together. She's not going to be divorced. And I said, that's, what it, that's the way it looks. I think everything is good. And um, I then met with a couple the next day, or maybe it was two days later, and we were back to square one. It was all, it was all over. I, I was dumbfounded. I was totally baffled. Couldn't couldn't understand a thing. Just couldn't get it. And um, I was unable to put them together. They divorced very soon after that. And I was dumbfounded. What had happened? What was responsible for this dramatic change almost overnight? What was it? And... Um, I asked the father to meet me again. He came to my office and we sat down and I said, you know, we met just a few days ago and I reported to you that things were moving ahead very well. Uh, but I'm, I mean, I think you know by now that it's a calamity. The, the marriage is over. They're getting divorced. There's literally nothing I can do. Do you have any understanding of what happened? Because I do not. And he said, I don't. And I said, tell me, what happened when you met with your daughter after our lunch the other day, he said nothing. We had a very pleasant time together. I said, what did you do? He said we we went out. We uh, we actually went to a bar and we uh, we had a drink together. And we we relaxed and and then we each went our ways. 
She went home. I went home. I said, so from here, you went to the bar and you met your daughter at the bar. He said, no, 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 no. We went together to the bar. I said, okay, fine. But you said you were going to meet your daughter. Where did you meet her? And he said, well, actually, we met at my bank. And the hairs on the back of my neck stood up because I knew exactly what was coming next. And I said with sadness in my voice, why did you meet at the bank? And uh, he said, you know, um, I just I, I just wanted her to have a sense of security. And so uh, I gave her the keys to a safety deposit box that I uh, established in both our names. And into the box, uh, I placed uh, a number of bearer securities. I placed a, an amount of cash. And I, I also uh, placed... Um, 150 gold Krugerrands, a South African one-ounce gold coin. Um, at the time, uh, the, the, they were worth about $750 each. So you can figure out he gave her a substantial sum of money. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was it. That was it. I'm not saying women should stay married for financial security. But I'm saying that's part of the deal. That is part of the deal. That's one of the reasons that when men do not provide financial security, uh, the marriage undergoes tremendous stress. It's one of the things that happens. In this case, financial security was part of it. The man to whom she was married was doing very nicely. They were, they were, they, they were a nice partnership. And there's no question that her finances were going to take a hit when she got divorced. I'm quite sure that that was part of it. Obviously, a lot of work needed to be done on this marriage. But uh, at, the, um, at the time, a lot of work needed to be done. But still, the fact that there was financial security was a, was a plus item. It helped. Her father utterly removed that. Her father turned her into quite a wealthy young woman there and then. And so psychologically and subconsciously on some level, she was able to come back to her husband with a totally different attitude. And it wasn't a helpful attitude. I hope this makes sense. I hope, I hope you understand what I'm saying. I hope it makes sense. And that, uh, and that you get the idea. Because that helps us understand why the Bible allows aunts and nieces, excuse me, allows us to men to marry niece but not an aunt. When you marry your aunt, not only is she likely to be older than you, but even if she isn't, she is a generation closer to the patriarch of the family. And so it's very much more difficult for a man to establish masculine dominance in the home, which is good for him, good for the marriage. And guess what? Most women are more comfortable being married to a dominant man, not a tyrannical man, not a cruel man, not an insensitive man, but a strong man, a man who can dominate them. Most women are more comfortable being married to a dominant male. And uh, if you're married to your aunt, it's just harder to be dominant. The reason is because items and things crop up all the time, matters and issues. And if you're married to your aunt, she can say, well, my father used to do it this way. Now, her father is your grandfather. 
So she's closer to him. She has more authority. But when you marry to your niece, you have the opposite dynamic. And it's for that reason alone that the Bible uh, dictates, look, if you're going to marry your, uh, your aunt or your niece, you've got to be aware there's a genetic risk anyway. But leaving that aside, if you're going to, much better you marry your niece than your aunt because the likelihood of being able to build a stable and a strong relationship is uh, considerably stronger. Okay, hope that hope that makes sense. So um, let me just take a quick look at um, let me look at uh, chatroom, please, if you don't mind. Um, maternal oxytocin, belligerent testosterone. Uh, lots of the demon testosterone in my upbringing. An experiment with elephants, they removed the young bulls from the herd and they ran a mock that it put some adult bulls back in with them to restore order. Oh, that's very interesting, Classy. That's very interesting because that has to do with our next topic. Um, Betsy says she cannot hear a thing. I hope that's fixed up. Um, let me just check up. Let's see if that's if that's okay. Um mm-mm-mm. The aunt can pull the seniority card. Says, yeah, exactly right. You got it. Um, the attack on boys is part of the left's overall attack on the family. The goal is to make everyone dependent on them with no alternative. Therefore, strong male leadership must be extinguished. Afraid so. <laughs> uh, Yalko says he'd think twice before marrying his aunt. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, Deck, even though the that most of the single-parent households are women, many TV series portray the single-parent as the man. Bonanza, The Rifleman, My Three Sons, Two and a half men, bachelor, father, family affair, the courtship of Eddie's father, silver spoons, punky, Brewster, Hannah Montana, raising hope and suburgatory. Now, that's very interesting. That's a very interesting cultural observation. And uh, I do want to look at that. I want to think about that and look at that. Oh, good. Betsy's back with us. Um, (laughs) Doc says, well, that's it. Nightmares for me tonight. My aunt was a loon. (laughs) Yeah, I got it. Absolutely. All righty. So uh, fathers in the home. All right. Uh, Today, a young male is more likely to have a television in his bedroom than a father in his house. What do you say to that? And even if fathers are around, their sons don't engage with them much. Do you know how long boys spend a week in front of a television, smartphone, or computer screen uh, for every half hour with their fathers? 44. It's 88 to 1 is the ratio. 44 hours in front of a screen for every half hour with their dad. So half hour. So 88 hours for every one hour. That's pretty amazing. Um, So what does this mean? Well, here's one difference between mothers and fathers. Mothers tend to give love un- unconditionally. You know, you, you, you came out of their body. They, they just love you, period. But uh, fathers usually give love con- it's sort of provisionally. Um, if you want your allowance, then you have to do this. If you don't want me to turn off your television, you've got to do this. Uh, you've got to mow the lawn before you can wh- – whatever it is. Fathers tend to apply that discipline. That's always been the deal with fathers and sons. You don't get a free pass just because you're alive. You know, you may have my name on your birth certificate. Doesn't mean you can do whatever you like. Um, 
What's happening in the real world? Who's doing better in the real world now, girls or boys? I think you'll agree, right? Girls are doing much better. It's majority girls in all the graduate schools, uh, even undergraduate, very heavily girls. Uh, girls are, are doing well in every profession. When you hear about slackers living at home with their, with their, with their parents, it's usually boys, not girls. Um, what percentage of people who are dependent on the government grow up in mother-only households? Now, in America, that happens to correspond to the black uh, community, but it doesn't have to. In, in, in certain smaller communities in America, like Appalachia, it doesn't, and in England, it doesn't. And so the correct term is not black communities, but government-dependent families. What percentage of government-dependent families um, have children growing up in a female world? 70%. Do you know, what is the total figure, not, not just in um, black or Hispanic communities, but overall in America as a total, what percentage of American boys are being raised in homes without a dad? Do you have any idea what percentage of boys in America today are being raised without a father? It's over 30%. Isn't that scary? Hello? Where's this going? My goodness, do you hear that? Over 30% of boys in America are being raised with no father in sight. Wow. Over 30%. Very scary. But um, what, is, what does the absence of fathers mean for girls? Well, the answer is very simple, I'm afraid. Where no fathers are around, boys have a very high probability of becoming criminals. Girls without fathers tend to become the prey of those masculine predators we've just been talking about. Boys without dads destroy their neighborhoods. Girls without dads have babies. And then they have boys who they bring up without dads and, uh, and they destroy the neighborhood. But that's pretty much what's going on. So uh, it's odd. But girls raised without fathers seem to work harder and strive and, and sort of still struggle to do something. Boys without fathers, bad things happen. Bad things happen. Um, there's right now in America, there's about 10% more women at universities than men. So you can see what's going on. What's going on? Who is more likely to retreat from reality no father in the house pro probably other dysfunctions as well 
and uh, who is uh, who is more likely to retreat into dysfunctionality? Who's most likely to retreat to the world of video games and uh, and um, and fantasy? Boys or girls? That's right. It's boys, right? And uh, the whole new genre of video games are really are really aimed at boys because boys are sitting around doing them. How about pornography? Now, we don't know exact figures, but by and large, I think there's no one in contact with the real world who doesn't know that uh, pornography is an addiction of males, not females. Girls tend to be much more um, linked. They, they sort of link sex with romance. With girls, it's much more a, 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 an overall package. But boys... The, the lure of pornography for boys without dads – look, the lure of pornography for guys with dads is also very dangerous. But the lure of pornography for, uh, for boys without dads, it's epidemic, absolutely epidemic. Boy, um, it's really a problem. And so this is what's happening. This is what's happening as the government makes it more and more difficult for a marriage to stay together or for a marriage even to start. Big, big, big difference. Big, big, big difference between families that are government dependent and families that are not. Families that are not government dependent. And by the way, there's a, there's a very interesting thing. The New York Times has been running stories lately about – uh, New York, Upper East Side and Upper West Side, New York moms, all of whom had expensive educations, all of them who had jobs, all of whom got married, and guess what? They've all quit their jobs and they're all raising their families. That's right. And this bothers the New York Times immensely because, after all, they're capable women who could be working. Those capable women are doing exactly what they want to be doing, which is raising their families. And uh, their husbands are supporting them, and the family is intact. That government, that cover, that uh, family draws no government aid. They have nothing to do with the government. They do not. Uh, they do not. They don't depend on welfare. Nothing at all. That family is self-dependent, and they have stronger families. So. The tragedy is that whether you look at England or you look at other countries or you look at uh, parts of America, the, the conclusion is clear and unarguable, and that is that government interference in the lives of people makes families fall apart. It, just, it, it really does. Let me take a look at uh, some, of the, um, some of the chat room comments. I really, I really enjoy these. Um, mm, mm, mm. Uh, Geo from Montreal, you're listening in Canada. My friend, um, he says, Rabbi, I love your show. I would love it even more if it were on podcast since I can't always listen on Thursdays and or Sundays. Please let us know where you stand with that. Um, where, where I stand with that is that I need an assistant. That's where I stand with that. And I'm actually going to advertise starting next week. I'm actually going to be advertising for an assistant. Um, I, you know, unfortunately, uh, the person who was handling that for me quit 
and uh, I've been traveling a little bit, so I haven't been able to get on top of it. But uh, I'm back at my office now, and I am going to hire an assistant. I need an assistant, and uh, the only reason the podcast hasn't been done is because um, it's it's kind of goes to the bottom of my list. You know how it is. There's fires, uh, and podcasting as much as I want to do, and I really, 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 really do. And I know it'll be a good thing for me too, as well as for you, Geo. Um, I just haven't been able to get to it. I will as soon as I've got an assistant. I'm sorry. I've been giving you nothing but excuses, and I do feel bad about that. Um, I'm really I'm really sorry. Meanwhile, I, I do think you can hear it on iHeartRadio, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I'll check with Producer Rebel on that, but I do believe you can. Uh, provisional love, that's it. But it does work. And in sons raised by mothers alone, one can visualize its absence. Exactly. Um uh, rip the TV cable out by the roots, get your news from radio and reading. It's also a good idea. Um, Pete and Charlotte, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. is time for the replay of the Thursday evening live radio show. Um, computers alone will be allowed. Get, Agatha says, to marry the aunt would be a problem with the relationship. It would almost put the son on equal footing with his father. Not good. Very nice. Good way of putting it. Very good way of putting it. Uh, LaRue thanks Peter for the information on Sunday. Uh, I asked what percentage of boys in America are being raised without a father in sight. Uh, Peter guessed 42%. He's not far off. It's over 30%. Dex says studies have shown that uh, watching more than seven hours of TV per day leads to a deterioration of cognitive capability. I'm not surprised. Uh, Marie thought it was much higher. Um, remember Solomon's half-brother asking about Sheva to intercede for him to marry David's wife, nurse wife, yeah. Uh, you don't learn how to change a flat tire without a dad, true. Or use a screwdriver, says Yaakov. Uh, or know the difference between a flathead or a Phillips, uh, says Leroux. Dog says, or Torx. Jeez, I hate those things. <laughs> you know what? I also don't like Torx screwdrivers. Um, Peter actually corrects me. Peter says he've, he's heard that it's really over 40%. Um, fatherless homes in America raising children. Um, Peter, I hope you're wrong, but you you may not be. Uh, the figure I had was 30. I have not verified it lately, uh, so maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Um, and Dog says Peter's right. If anything, it's low. So so you guys uh, believe that it's well over 30 percent. In fact, over 40 percent is what you guys are thinking. And Betsy says I do know the difference between a flathead and a Phillips screwdriver. Uh, boys like to hit and run. Girls are much more practical, I think. Caitlin, guys are more visual in their sexual attraction. Girls want relationship. No question about it. Absolutely no question about that. Um, Jan and Dean were ahead of their time with the song Surf City. They described today's college demographics. Two girls for every boy. By the way, some colleges are actually thinking of running some kind of affirmative action for boys. This is true. Why? Because many of the best girls don't want to go to a school where there's a shortage of boys. They don't want to be competing with their, all their sisters for the available boys. And girls often think in terms of going to university in order to find a husband. Isn't that amazing? So there are many campuses now where boys are only 40%. So 60 to 40, which means 6 to 4, which means 3 to 2. And so that means that um, if you're a girl, your chances of getting a boy are significantly lower. And so universities who want to get girls 
are in a fix because they've been a bit too successful. They've kept boys out, so they're they're now sixty percent women. Now women don't want to come anymore. So you might think it'll it'll self correct. Uh, men use love to get sex. Women use sex to get love. Um, best to have as little to do as possible with the government. The government needs to back off. Can I hire a virtual assistant from California? Asks Betsy. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I've thought about it. I really love the idea of a virtual assistant. I don't think so, Betsy. And and unfortunately, the reason is because my desk needs um, clearing every day. Um, I need somebody on hand to take care of physical things. Unfortunately, there's just no no alternative to that. I wish it wasn't true. Um, the Harvard hit. Oh, Peter says I hearts hit and miss. We, that we are trying to get fixed up as well. Um, and Rebel says we're going to get more up as soon as we have descriptions of the shows. Everyone can help get descriptions for the shows done. Rebel, that's an excellent idea. Rebel is asking you for your volunteer help. If you shoot her one-sentence descriptions of uh, shows, then she can get them up. Um, simple enough. Okay, that means what is not good is that we're totally out of time. So I reluctantly, your radio rabbi, have to say goodnight to you, and uh, that'll be till next Thursday evening. So have a great week. Have a prosperous week. Stay healthy, and God bless. Good night. I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your Hi, I'm Rabbi Daniel Lappin, reminding you that everyone, regardless of your faith, needs a rabbi. And for those of you with no faith at all, well, just maybe I'm your insurance policy. Let's talk right here every Thursday evening, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio. Don't miss it. Oh!